Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Well, hi there. Welcome back to Boating Insights. My name is Neil Driscoll, and today I'm going to be talking to you a little bit around marine electrics and some of the considerations for managing the power in, the power storage, and the power out again. So, first of all, it's a relatively simple one, but yeah, just drawing your attention to the term battery bank. So, when you're thinking about the power on board, it all needs to be stored and an easy place to over, sort of overlook when you're looking at bringing power into your boat is how are you actually going to store it and especially if you've got a boat that's either you know out for long periods of time pretty much in any regard if it's moored or um traveling you know fishing extended cruising etc if you are able to just set up something that's trickling in often maybe particularly solar panels, then there's a very high chance that there's a lot of the day light hours that you're not actually using the power that's available to you. And and, and you may well find that actually if you've got a a reasonable inflow of power that you're you could just with maybe if you can find the space for an and increase your battery capacity even just by one battery, that might be from one to two or from many to slightly more depending on your setup that you are actually able to substantially increase your kind of cruising capabilities or how how long you can go between being connected to shore power or running an engine or a gen set or whatever it might be so that you can just basically store more of what you're picking up from a sustainable energy source on that note particularly for the long-term cruisers here i i just want to flag for you as we sort of watch the particularly the the first 12 months of the pandemic unfold for people who were caught by their cruising plans meaning that they got stuck in places all over the world but particularly in and around South America and the Pacific regions there was a definite uh, theme that the boats that were more set up to be relatively independent for their entire setup in terms of the fact that potentially they could run a desalinator from their battery bank they could manage uh, topping up their battery bank from solar or you know another renewable energy source but that they were not dependent on having to get into the land for maybe anything other than you know basically picking up food supplies and maybe some medical things etc that definitely their period of time where they were unable to go into land was a lot less stressful than for people who were dependent on sort of essentially fossil fuels to be able to get in get diesel burn diesel make power use use the power they've made to desalinate and make water or have to actually pick it up usually most people have got some sort of independent water making at that point but maybe also needing to top it up with supplies from the land very very different situation to find itself in now obviously it's not just thinking about a pandemic but bigger picture i think there was a huge lesson to be learned there about how independent you can be even if you're just going out for the day and you don't need to get the 
batteries topped up or you're you know if you're out fishing for the day that you're not having to run the engine to top them up right the way through to obviously major long-term liverboard cruising just thinking about how independent you can make yourself for the power coming in and the things that are using power if you can run them off of your battery bank without being reliant on without being reliant on generators will make a massive difference to potentially how you can kind of set things up so and 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 live on board now we've touched on this a bit but in terms of how you get it in obviously you've got just charging your engine it might be if you keep a boat on a trailer that you're probably on top of this already but making sure that you're actually running a trickle feed into the battery just like you have for motorbike chargers that kind of stuff just to make sure that you are leaving with the battery as topped up as possible and on that note do you know how much power is going out? This is probably the biggest overlooked area that I come across is having, you know, lots of boats will come with a voltmeter, which doesn't really tell you anything. It tells you how many volts are in the battery at any one time. So if you're charging, it's telling you how many volts are going through the battery. Um, if you're discharging, it's telling you what the current voltage is at the moment across the whole, normally across that battery bank that it's connected to a lot of the time it might only also be connected to the engine battery please note so it might not be telling you anything about the domestics uh i wouldn't say that a voltmeter is useless but i would say it's it's useful to know that there is charge running through the engine battery that's about it so in terms of actually knowing what's going on you really want to know the amp and the amp usage so that you can actually go through and isolate different pieces of equipment and get an understanding of what your navigation system uses against maybe an icebox or a fridge against navigation lights uh, it goes on and on but it means that you should really have a good understanding of things that are going to be using power and how much they're using and then you can start to build that into your plan so for example if you're a sailor, you might make sure that you actually start the engine a little bit before you arrive at an anchorage when you're out sailing for the day so that you arrive with the engines or with the batteries already topped up. You're using the windlass and maybe if you're using electric winches and things as well, you're using them while the engine's charging the batteries so you're not just running them right down. And then at the end, you potentially, if you've got like a hot water fed system, you've got hot water for the night and you've got your batteries topped up. So you don't have to be that person that everyone loves while they're having sundowners running your engine to top up your batteries because you didn't plan your day. I mean, that's a specific example, but really just trying to get yourselves thinking about what, when am I going to use power and should I, can I be charging now for where I want to get to? A little bit later and just and just managing managing that also in terms of solar making sure that if you do have things like solar set up that you know is there a way to direct which batteries they're charging uh, be it with solar or engine charging etc you might be able to put something in very inexpensive like a voltage sensitive relay or vsr so that normally that will be wired so that you'll charge the engine battery first then house batteries or domestics without having to do any kind of crossing over and just allows you to keep the engine battery completely uh, or engine batteries depending on your setup but can keep them completely independent of the rest of your 
uh, house battery. So basically means that like the fridge and stereo and things can't be can't be running down the battery that you're reliant on to start the engine. Next thing is what's your backup plan, particularly if you keep a boat on a mooring or if you're on a trailer, then I'd highly encourage you to consider one of the battery uh, kind of booster packs that you can carry that connect up just like a, it's basically a, a portable jump start. They, I, I've actually also been in the habit for about 15 years of carrying them with me. If we're doing an offshore trip, just in case something goes wrong, it's essentially another option for being able to restart the batteries or restart the engine. It's something that you can you, know, you can charge on shore power or however you've got that set up. If you run generators, you might be able to top it up on that when you've got that running, all sorts of options. But basically means that you've got a completely independent battery setup that you could use if you needed to that's 12 volt to get an engine or a generator started in an emergency. So it, it can make a huge difference from if you're getting out on you know, just rowing out to the boat on the mooring, discovering the batteries are flat, that now you can just start them and you don't lose your whole day. Same story on the boat ramp. If you've forgotten to actually start the engine before you've gone using the earmuffs and just make sure that everything's running smoothly, all the way through to being out at sea and trying to start the engines and them not starting and realizing there was an issue that's meant that the uh, that the batteries have run flat. So any kind of booster packs, you know, ballpark, you can buy them in a kind of car shop for about, a really good one you can get for about 90 to 100 dollars you know so and they should last you for at least a 10-year period so I, I i think they're a really worthwhile investment and something to consider as a backup plan and then not heavy and don't take up a lot of room if you're running a single engine boat with a single battery where you've got no other backup i would absolutely encourage you to be thinking of something along these lines now Going along from this and so think about your the power out. So once you've got your amp meter set up and you know what's coming in and you know what's being used, the other thing you'll find is however you are charging the batteries, be it with renewables or you know, running engines, gen sets, a combination of all of the above, most of the time you'll find that you've actually got a huge amount of wastage that the batteries can't take more, can't actually take all the charge that's been created at one time. So Thinking about if you can have devices set up to be charging and being, you can be really smart about this. So making sure that anything that you need to charge, be it tablets, phones, laptops, handheld VHF radios, your uh, emergency power pack, the list goes on and on. But having a bit of a charging routine set up so that when you're charging the boat batteries, you're charging all the other things as well. So you don't basically... <laughs> let's say worst case scenario or least efficient scenario running an engine to charge the batteries followed by then turning the engine off and then plugging all the things in to charge them that are portable devices that are now draining the batteries again i mean that would be the least efficient option but if you make that an extreme just being a bit smart you'd be surprised how clever you can be with some of this stuff and finally, I just want to wrap out by saying look, knowledge is key. And that really does come back to the amp meter and knowing what's coming in and what's going out and how much you can actually store. Also, within that, understanding enough about your boat's electrics or hiring someone that understands enough about them that if you've got more than one battery on board, that you've got options that you can set it up so that you can, for example, start your engine using your domestic batteries, or if you're a twin engine boat, that you could start either engine from either domestic battery, or sorry, either engine battery or 
the domestic batteries. And that, that needs some really careful labeling to make sure that you don't have it set up wrong or that you don't leave it in a scenario that you're draining the batteries by accident by just leaving everything on. So, you know, if you've got options to link battery banks to feed other places, then you need to know how to also isolate them or make sure that's set up properly. But understanding and labeling properly can be really helpful for this. And I've actually found also just making really short little videos uh, when you do things so that you, it can be very complicated trying to turn some of this into manuals. But a quick, a quick video shot with your smartphone, yeah, this is how we do the emergency parallel on board or this is how we do something else that you might be able to store somewhere that you can access on board. Just helps you remember things, especially if you are bringing in someone to help you understand it and you know closing thought on that if you're buying a boat uh, that's previously owned or even new it's hyper unusual that I've ended up managing a boat where the electrics was set up in a way that I would have considered logical uh, usually lots of things started as a good idea and then they've had a few things added on and stuff taken out and no labels updated and old things left in so particularly if you've got a used boat or if, or if it was set up in a, or previously owned, sorry, or, or if it was set up in another language, I would highly encourage you to hire someone that you trust and pay pay for an electrician for a few hours just to do a health check on your systems and check the life of your batteries so you've got some idea when you need to be budgeting for replacement and also see if there's relatively simple things like VSRs or emergency parallels that you can set up so that if you do need to move power to other places you can do them um but most of the things i've suggested a vsr an emergency parallel switch a, an amp meter they're all things that should be well under a hundred dollars or or an emergency power back so i hope this has been helpful a lot of info you probably want to actually do this one slowly when you're actually on the boat and just pause and check things out and come back to them we get into this in a lot more detail in the online skipper course and the complete skipper course and obviously the passage planning courses that we have such as um, from essential nav all the way through day skipper and yacht master so i hope this can help you out and thanks for listening bye <laughs>